Welcome to the second episode of the second season of the Kickin' Post podcast with your host, Samal Thompson. And I'm bringing, uh, bringing in this generation's Todd McShay. <laughs> Dave, how are you? I'm doing great. To be compared to the great Todd McShay, oh, I'm, 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 yeah. bashing, I'm basking in the glory, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a Todd McShay guy. I bump Mel Kiper. I'm a Todd McShay. I'm a Ted McShay kind of guy. Um, we killed it last time breaking down, you know, early talent draft talent last year uh but i do want to bring you back on since we could wrap up the year and kind of talk about one of the class that was supposed to be heralded as one of the biggest draft classes for quarterbacks how they performed in their first year um and how much we could take away from this season for a lot of these guys because outside of one mac jones everybody pretty much had an underwhelming year based on expectation i mean from for the for the average fan what would you say yeah, I mean, for a class that I thought was going to be, you know, the next class that everybody goes back and looks on, you know, like the Eli Manning, Philip Rivers class, and, you know, everybody just always reminisces about those, you know, the 2004 and, you know, but, I mean, this class didn't really live up to it, but, I mean, you look at those some of the situations these guys were put in, and, you know, especially with the Jags and you being well aware, you know, the, yeah. the, the travesty of the Urban Meyer era, you know, I feel like you got to give this year, you know, and all these players' performances, like, take it with a grain of salt because, I mean, even Peyton Manning had a really bad first year and look at how his career turned out. So there's a lot of hope for these guys. The trajectory. Yep. I agree to a certain standpoint. I feel like play calling is essential in a, in a rookie's development. And when you look at how these rookies were kind of coached up in, in certain situations, they weren't the, their strengths weren't utilized, and they were asked to do things that they probably weren't comfortable with coming into a year where training camps still haven't been figured out with the COVID era that we're in. Also, so like these guys not getting the generic time that most of the people previously as rookies get to be under center. Some rookies had to deal with coming in behind a vet like a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance, where they didn't get all the snaps going into the year. Um, some rookies had to deal with a numb nut like Urban Meyer, um, who says he wants to rush the ball a certain amount of times a game, and then has games where James Robinson has it's what clear like three touches, six yeah, carries, something. and then you give eight carries to Carlos Hyde, and yeah. fourteen carries in all. I get it; like you feel like you need to catch up in games, but these games aren't for winning. I'm going to just put that out there. Uh, yeah, as a Jags fan, I don't think, we knew we weren't going to win games. Exactly. I don't think the expectation, or at least the expectation of the, you know, educated, you know, know, know what they're talking about with the franchise fan is going to say that getting Trevor Lawrence was the first step into building, mm-hmm. you know, in the right direction. And I think we both yeah. discussed before we even started recording you know in our chats like like this this was the worst case scenario that could have happened with jacksonville and i guess the first quarterback we could touch on with trevor lawrence and we always give you know rob you know like crap for saying that he was the best prospect since andrew luck but it's really true like i mean i i never gave you know uh, that that's not a bad take. I mean, he had everything coming out. You know, you saw how accurate he was in college. You saw his arm strength. You saw just the pure, just like knowing 
the game and knowing how his receivers routes are going to be run where he needs to put the football and even just I, I was even at the Fiesta Bowl his second to last year his sophomore year I mean he had like a 65 yard touchdown where he outran Ohio State's entire defense you know he had athleticism too he had everything he wanted in a quarterback you know the poise and what happened he wound up in just a turkey shoot of just nobody knew what was going on Urban Meyer clearly didn't have a plan, and you know, I I don't want Trevor Lawrence's career to be you know on a downward trajectory because of you know incompetence with you know the organization. So you know, which based on first year, that's that looks like the trajectory. But we could break it down to not only Urban Meyer, but just situation in general, right? You come into a year. Um, it's probably scouted that your best option, your most comfortable offensive option, is going to be your teammate that they yeah. drafted in the first round to play with you, Trevor, uh, Travis Etienne. Yeah. Trevor, Trevor's going to UF. Travis Etienne. They go ahead and um, pump that pick into a player that you probably don't necessarily need at the twenty-one spot. But somebody, somebody that but they take him anyway. Somebody that makes him comfortable. I mean, I remember. Yeah, familiarity. I think right. I remember um, when Andrew Luck was drafted. I think in the second round. Uh, the Colts drafted uh, Kobe Fleener, who I, I don't maybe some of you fantasy guys will remember who he was, but you know I remember he got knocked out a couple he, times on the oh, field. Oh yeah, but exactly, <laughs> but like they they drafted it was either him or Jack Doyle, but they drafted a tight end that was you know Luck's teammate at Stanford, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was Fleener, but. You know, just to give that familiar familiarity and, you know, to have, okay, I know me and this guy are going to be on the same page. We're going to learn the playbook together and we're going to have our timing down. And, you exactly. know. Exactly. And even if plays break down, we have three years, three to two to three years of stuff we could call back on. Mm-hmm. Where if the play breaks down, we're thinking similarly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I mean, not only, okay, so we take a look at that and the disaster of the Urban Meyer era, but, like, not only okay let's say everything runs smoothly with that and you have a good you know Urmeyer comes in with a good plan he has you know the future he has what his five-year plan is going to be you know everybody's sort of a five-year plan here's the thing with trevor lawrence as well he didn't have any options i mean who i am I'm, I'm sorry if this hurts your feelings at all but i didn't really watch <laughs> any jaguars games i didn't really know what was going it's on not... but all right. Who was so? Who was their number one option? Like, was it was it Marvin Jones? So it was supposed to be DJ Chark. He got hurt pretty early in the year, um, but even when he was there, it didn't seem like the chemistry was on point between him and Trevor. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it slowly fell off to be Marvin Jones, which in reality it should have been James Robinson, but for some reason he was just in the doghouse with Urban Meyer, so it became Carlos Hyde being uh, the feature the, back, one of the number one, yeah, the feature back. Um, we went out, we traded our first round defensive pick that was struggling. Henderson, I admit yeah. he was struggling. Yeah, but we traded him for Dan Arnold. And I don't remember the pick, but I think it was a six or Yeah, fifth, something, something like that, late round. Something ridiculous. Um, but Dan Arnold became a safety blanket somewhat for, for Trevor. But there was never any continuity on the offensive side of the ball. And then when James Robinson got rolling, he got hurt. Just, it was a muck. What ended up being our number one receiver was Laquan Treadwell, who, who was a first-round pick for Minnesota, and is considered a but bus. flamed out yeah. so poorly. He, he yeah, that he, a bus. I think I think he's one of yeah. the guys that you know everybody talks about, like the Eagles, and it's like the Eagles drafted Jalen Rager before 
the pick before Justin Jefferson, and you know uh, they drafted Arcego Arcego Whiteside before McLaurin and all those guys. Yeah, yeah and AJ Brown. You know, uh, Laquan Treadwell, I think, was like the Vikings drafted Laquan Treadwell before Michael Thomas. You know, like he's just one of those guys where it's just like his whole legacy is going to be. Man, like he was a first rounder, but could have been somebody else. But you know, I'm glad he did okay. But you know, if ironically, he's like the only Ole Miss guy from that whole lineage that busted. busted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because after him, it came AJ, DK, Elijah Moore, who I still have a lot of belief in. I mean, Van, like, Van Jeff. People don't remember this, but Van Jefferson graduated from UF, but he was an Ole Miss guy. Yeah. He came from Ole Miss, so I mean, you even throw him in there into the receiving room. Yeah, but like Trevor Lawrence wasn't given a chance and the expectation from the media and probably from some people that are you know jealous or expecting him to be you know oh he's he's hasn't lost a game since his high school career he's only lost three games since his high school career he's gonna take us to the promised land you know he wasn't given a chance you know and for a guy that's gonna be the franchise to have no weapons no coaching like you said and no plan moving forward it's going to be tough. And I think he was thrown into probably the, the hardest situation out of the rookies. What I saw from him in a lot of aspects of the game, too, is getting accustomed to NFL speed and NFL athletes. He tried to do things that in college might have worked, in high school definitely worked. And there is no way, there's no way in hell you think it could work on a, on a professional level. But because it's just come so easy to him for most of his career, and there's not a coach to reel him in and be like, hey, we're working within these parameters. Try to not, you don't have to show why you're the number one pick every play. No, just, right? yeah. So, take it, yeah. take it one step at a time, one play at a time. And then. The most egregious play is it was like a fadeaway one leg loft, which 10 out of 10 times should be thrown out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't want to say take the sack, but take the sack. There was nobody open. He did not have the arm strength to get underneath it. He literally just threw a lob pass. Right into a defender. It was against Arizona in a game we were winning. Right into a defender's hand, Actually. right? Just... And right into a defender's hand, he went for a pick no. six. Now, that would have been a phenomenal, well, at that point, would have been a phenomenal win on the resume in a, in a beginning year, yeah. right? But just having to do too much every game, I felt like, was part of what drew away from what could have been a year of growth yeah, for no, him. Yeah, there was... Um, I mean, I mean, I, I remember I sent you guys some some TikToks that you know I would see, and it was just like, you know, he had some throws that were just like, it's it's there. The talent that the reason yeah, why he went it. over first overall, like it's there. You see him hit a guy running a bender route into you know a cover two zone where the linebackers or the nickel corner is dropping back, and the receivers you know bending it around, finding that soft spot in the zone, and the timing of the throw the accuracy it's right into the guy's hands and right in front of the safety right behind the linebackers and it's just dropped you know like there were so many of those that like you know this year you know and even when trevor is like it was just a perfect storm of it when everything would go right for trevor it went wrong you know but he didn't have the weapons yeah. you know but yeah i mean there, there's one where i watched him curl well he he kind of exited the pocket and the receiver broke out to the sideline, and it's literally a foot between. It's probably like a foot between the sideline and the receiver, and then there's a foot between the receiver and the DB. And he puts it right on the sideline, kind of like in the pocket where either the receiver comes down with it or it goes out of bounds. Like, super, super crisp, super accurate, 
spiral very tight, like, and the receiver comes down with it, but it's throws like that where you're like, man, as soon as you're able to, like, develop the talent around him and, one, give him a line so that he can feel comfortable stepping up in the pocket, um, get Travis back. It would have been nice if we could have James Robinson and Travis together now. Yep. Uh, get Lavishka more snaps as a receiver. I think that he's still, even though he's been a bust so far, I still have faith that when he gets the ball in his, his hands, he has the potential to do Debo-like things if we use him in a similar fashion. Some of the, the, the times he shines the most is when he has the ball in his hands and he's able he to just kind of go. Yeah, he has that space. Yeah, and it, right? And so that's a, that was a, there's, there's pieces to work. That, that was his whole game. Yeah, I agree. Um, with Chenault, you know, you just get like he's not as good as Debo, but he can play no, like nowhere he, close. Not the he's same the build. Guy not as in that in yeah. that building of your roster. And if you need a guy that can be, you know, fill that role, he's the guy that would fill that role. Now he's not going to be Debo like at all because Debo's a freak and nah. you know. But you know, I want to get that clear before Otto comes on here and listens and is like, "How dare you?" Mm-hmm. Lavishka is not no, Debo. He's fragile. He would break if used the same way as Debo. But that's but his role. I've seen this man in space brutalize defenses in in pockets in a similar way mm-hmm. if used correctly. Yeah. Right. So uh, just just kind of invest in the franchise if you're gonna if you're gonna make a guy the franchise invest yep. in it. Um, not to go away from the quarterbacks or jump right into draft talk, but every mock has us taking a defensive end, and I get it. I want Evan Neal personally. If we could trade back and get Evan Neal, or if we just flat out take Evan Neal at the 1-1, I would be okay with that. But everything is showing us not like building that line. And I know you can make the argument, like, look at the Bengals. They took the best offensive player available, mm-hmm. and now they're in the Super I Bowl. Wonder, I wonder right? who, who thought that. There's no receiver I like wonder that. who thought that taking Jamar Chase was going to be a great idea, and that, you know, I wonder who did that. But <laughs> you, don't need, you don't need alignment there? You know, yeah. but I said it, I said it, you don't need a you know a line, you just need your boy from your boy that catches passes. Um I other, will I will well, give you the one. Is is Cameron is Cam Robinson, he was the left tackle this year, correct? And yeah. I, I'm he's a free agent. Okay. I was gonna say, because if if you could re-sign uh, him or just like get a good left tackle, I think a good option would also be uh Ikim Ikwanku Ikwang. Well, I, I, I butcher his name every time, but he's a no. Uh, he's a North Carolina State offensive tackle, and he would be a phenomenal right tackle and a, just a beast when it getting. He would. He reminds me of Trent Williams when he gets. Mm. He reminds me of Trent Williams when he gets. Um, you know, you pull him or you give him as a lead blocker downfield because he just he violates pancakes. he violates pancakes, linebackers in in DBs whenever he's in space. Now again, I'm not saying he's better than he's going to be better than Trent Williams. Trent Williams was probably the third best player, yeah, third best player in the NFL this year, in terms of how good he was. But you know, I think he would be a good pick for the Jags. But I think I, I, I kind of want to talk about Zach Wilson and uh, get on to just how interesting he was, because yeah, he had ups and downs for sure. He, um, to me, he had the best moments if that makes sense i mean i think against the titans there was a play where i i remember i don't remember what anal analyst said it but i remember somebody compared him to patrick mahomes in terms of how good he was in terms of how good he was at getting out of the pocket or just when stuff breaks down in the pocket he can kind of make plays out of nothing kind of like manzel kind of like how manzel did it 
And against the Titans, yeah. I remember they were down and they were kind of trying to come back. And I think he hit Corey Davis on like a 56-yard pass for a touchdown. And he just like, the pocket broke down. He rolled to his right, threw a perfect pass downfield, and it was a touchdown. And I was just sitting there because I was, I was very highly critical on Zach Wilson and him being the, you know, second overall pick. But I was just sitting there like, wow, like, okay, I see where that Mahomes comparison came in. And it's just like he has the highest highs and there's so many plays like that where he can just like make stuff out of nothing and he has these flashes of brilliance but then there's these plays where you're just like that's a mike glennon throw what like what thinking? are you doing yeah, what was he thinking like there was just and, but there was just a lot more and that's why like i think if i were to go forward and if zach wilson could have the just all zach wilson needs to do is one get like Build no line around him. That's what Kevin's been saying. Our friend, our Jets friend Kevin, has been saying, build no line around him. Get him maybe a decent weapon, but get him into the watching film and just say, look, you need to be able to read a defense a lot better than you than you than you did last year. But I think go ahead, sorry. You, I did see moments from him where I was like, that's why you take him at that spot. Mm-hmm. But I think he suffered from a lot of what again trevor suffered from where these guys don't understand like he played for byu and i'm not throwing shade at the lower major teams i'm a ucf fan i still believe yeah but like some of the things you do against lower major teams you can't pull that in the nfl and still to reel those quarterbacks back and be like bro yeah byu could probably run to the right throw across your body to the left and hit an open receiver yeah Uh, yeah yeah but you're in a league now where the best of the best stay you have five stars that get drafted and flame out in a year mm-hmm. and it's about the guys who put that work the in and watch the film and they that, know yeah. you're coming yeah. exactly so it's to reel them back in and be like hey sometimes it's just best to, to throw the ball away it's what mac jones did well sometimes it's best to just take the l you know what don't play outside of your skis just kind of on to the next play and he didn't do much of that now you're right an offensive line would benefit him tremendously michael carter's a beast him getting another year under his belt to finally start the year off as the lead back, which should have been the case from the jump, but I get it. Rookies take a while to learn the playbook. Yeah, rookie running things backs, especially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just especially on the blocking front, you want to make sure that Protection, you yeah. can trust your guy back there. But Michael Carter is a beast. I think Elijah Moore is very talented. Another year in that offense with them actually starting him as mm-hmm. well. Not trotting out Jamison Crowder, even though I'm a Jamison Crowder fan. He's, he's just reliable. It has a, it's, you know? yeah. he's, he, he's, he is reliable. He's like a tight end as a receiver in terms of just like he's the jump off. Like uh, he doesn't, he, he, he's going to average like barely over 10 yards per pitch, but he's going to be open. You know, he's a friendly, he's a friendly receiver. He shouldn't be up past, like he shouldn't be playing more snaps than Elijah Moore though. Mm-hmm in my opinion, from a talent standpoint. Elijah Moore was like at the back end of the year when all the injuries hit, he was playing above 85% of the snaps. Mm -hmm. Before that, he couldn't break 60 to 65%. That's a problem, right? And I get it. Maybe he just, again, learning the playbook, maybe he was a little bit behind. But going into this year, this is the time to show out and prove. Corey Davis was a good addition. But if you add one more guy, and I feel like this draft is getting a little bit underrated for a lot of the receivers coming out. But those Ohio State receivers are going to fall to some good spots. I think if they end up with like a Garrett Wilson or a Chris Olave or even like a Drake London to put on the outside or anything like that, this, it they have a, they have the opportunity to have something special out yeah. there in, in New York. The thing is, I, I the problem with Zach Wilson was he didn't to me he would underthrow his receivers a lot. He would 
and his receivers like Dax Milne would just like make plays, contested catches. But like, yeah. the thing is, is like Drake London would be a good addition, but I just don't think Zach Wilson and Drake London would be if you're gonna go up and spend what a top ten pick on him. I I don't think that would be the best option because I just don't think Zach Wilson is one gonna be able to trust Drake London. He's the best contested catcher in the draft. Don't get me wrong. But he doesn't get separation, and Zach Wilson is not, not accurate enough to, at least with what I saw this year, he's not accurate enough to have a guy that doesn't get separation at this level, you know? Especially. So, so do you think you should wait? Like, do you think a Garrett Wilson would be a better fit with him? I think. Or Chris Salave would be a better fit I with him? I think if the Jets need to um, compete, I think they need to draft Kyle Hamilton because he's the best player in the draft. Like he's the best, he's the Kyle Pitts of this draft. He's, he got injured and he missed some games, but just the tape that you watch and just the plays that he makes, like he could, he could, he's like Isaiah Simmons, the Clemson guy that went in the top five, I think two yeah. years ago. But Arizona, he, yeah. he's, he's like that, but like, I think gonna actually translate and be a beast because he's just like, he's just, he can cover a lot better and he's just, I, I, he's just my favorite prospect. I think they should do that, and then I don't know what they should do, but I don't think, I don't think they should spend a top ten pick. I think they should trade back, get draft capital, get some sort of you know leverage because, like you said, the receivers this year are really good. You know. Yeah, so I feel like draft, you trading back is the move. Like they could get. They, but how many teams are going to do? They could get Traylon Burks, and they get a guy. They I get, love Traylon They get Burks. the Debo, De- the Debo type player where you get him in space. Baby AJ Brown. Yeah, exactly. DK. Baby AJ DK, Brown. DK, like he, he's he's a physical beast. Maybe not the best route runner. Maybe not the best of getting separation. But he's so fast and has breakaway speed. And he just if he works on his route running and his timing with his breaks. He could be the best receiver in this class, like, you know, just off, off of how physical and how gifted he is. Day one, you could just throw him out on screen. Yeah. You could use him how AJ Brown was getting used his rookie year at the back end. Literally just throw out a little screen and just have him take off. Yep. Yak monster. Yeah, exactly. Right? And I but, think me and Otto were talking about that. He was, uh, I was up late last night and we were just talking about, like, the wide receivers in the class. And I was just telling him, like, like all the five receivers that I brought to mine because my receiver rankings is Wilson, Burks, uh, London, Williams, Alave. Those are in order from one yeah. to five, and each of them has their own. Just like, what are they good at? They're the best of the class at this, and just like we were breaking it down. It's just like every I looked at every single one of those five guys and was like thinking about how Zach Wilson could do, and just like with with any of them, and it's just like I think it would be great, but. I think they could be smart and trade down, get maybe a mid, mm. even like a 20s, like swap picks with, I don't know, let's think like the Eagles or somebody that really needs yeah. a wide receiver, somebody that really needs a weapon and trade down, maybe get another first rounder for next year or, you know, just get draft capital and, you know, get a receiver then. I don't think they should spend a top 10 pick on a wide receiver, which... I don't think, I think they there should be a top 10 pick on a wide receiver this year in general. I think that, yeah, I think the, the front seven, the players in the front seven, D linemen, you know, they're all just really good. Like, there's four yeah. or five offensive linemen that should probably be uh, going in the top 10, you know, uh, 
and that's yeah, that's not sure. and that's that's including a center who probably won't go in the top ten in Linderbaum, but you know, he he probably overall is one of the. Best. I saw him mocked at nine. I think there were, I, I saw something that was saying like the highest a center had been taken was like I don't know like fourteen or something, and they all were pretty decent, but it's just like nobody takes a center, and the value is just not worth anything high. It's like the like the Panthers took a. Was it Derek Brown, the Auburn yeah. DT a few years ago at like seven? And I was just like, unless you know this guy is going to be Aaron Donald, drafting a defensive tackle at seven is a terrible pick. A little bit high. And I don't know how yeah. good Derek Brown has been, but with the Panthers being as bad as they've been, I don't think he's been good. Like just off of how bad they've been, and I don't know. But who knows? Maybe Derek Brown's. I'm completely wrong. And Derek Brown's the one shining light on the Panthers, but. I would disagree. I don't know if he eclipsed 12 sacks. I might have to check that. But I mean, if you got 12 sacks. And I know it's not all about sacks. But... Yeah, if you, got, if you got 12 sacks as a DT, then damn, I'm really wrong. But, but yeah, um, going into Trey Lance and another, I was going to kind of group together Trey Lance and Kellen Mond and just all these other, you know, three-round quarterbacks that went. You about, to, you about to bring up Kellen Mond? Okay. Yeah, I think... <laughs> They didn't really get their looks, so you really can't say anything. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the 49ers, I, I said last year, the 49ers trading two first-round picks for Trey Lance was a mistake. He wasn't worth two first-rounders. Really? No, because just because I didn't think he was going to, like, I think Otto specifically was saying that we, we kind of argued that he said it was the right move because we wanted Lance and he wasn't going to be there at like 12 or whatever the 49ers were picking and I kind of disagree because I think every team wanted uh, the quarterback they wanted and I don't think anybody was going to trade up that high especially I don't even think anybody was going to trade up past 12 because I think everybody else needed a position or just wanted a guy at their spot that even if they offer those two first round picks, they were just gonna be like, no, we, we want this guy. Like we want Penny Sewell. No, we want Jamar Chase. No, we want Jalen Waddle. Like, you know. What number was Panthers at? Um, the Panthers were, they drafted JC Horn who didn't play because he got injured. He played for a bit, but they like what number at, they they at? Have Actually, yeah, he might be right. The Panthers might've been at like 12 or 13. They were ahead of him, I think. Let me see. Were they ahead of him? They, I feel like they were ahead of him. And if they were... They might have taken it. They would have taken him. There's no way... There's no way but he gets past. Either, either way, I think two draft picks for... I mean, there were, there were, I mean, there were times where Jimmy Garoppolo was questionable, had a hand injury, had a thumb injury, had a shoulder injury, and it's just like, during crunch time, and it's like, there's question, it's questionable whether he'll play or not, and they were just... They were just like we're sticking with Garoppolo regardless, and it's like, well, Trey Lance is there. Like you, you spent two first round picks for him. So, but anyways, what what I meant, what I was really saying was, you can't really group Mond or um, Lance other than hopefully they developed and hopefully they took. Um, you know, they they they've learned the the game and they learned how NFL defenses operate and how to break it down and you know have success. So you're a believer in Mond. I think Kellen Mond might get action next year, maybe. I think Kirk Cousins might be on his way out maybe this offseason, maybe. Um, but I don't know. I do too, but I think they're taking somebody else. I don't know. I think I, I just— I think they'll I just, take a shot at a higher um, a higher draft pick on a quarterback this year. The, the thing with 
I don't think Kellen Mond is great, but I think why would you waste a third round pick on a quarterback if you know you're just going to be like, oh, like yeah, we drafted this guy, but we're not like it's like the Bucks with the you know the Buccaneers with Trask. It's like why did you spend your second round pick on Kyle Trask if you knew Brady was 44? You knew that, you know, there was kind of an option of him retiring or, you know, him getting out of the contract after the season. And you're wasting your second round pick on a quarterback that you're been, you're just going to go, eh, like, it wasn't worth it, you know? And then me and Otto talked about that last night, too. It's just like, there's no reason to I go think it's away. it's more of a risk thing. It's more of a risk thing. Like, okay, risk and reward, right? Yeah. So they look at the board at, at second, right? As, as the Buccaneers, what position that they need severely that that back second round pick would have worked out for necessarily what like in in their secondary probably yeah. right i guess but was there any like player in the secondary in that second round that you could say really balled out that would have started for them um where they got trask the only second round corner i can think of and he went before the bucks had their pick was uh asante samuel jr um, yeah him I'm, i i have to look I'm pulling up the draft now, but you know, there's, I, I don't know. I just think, I just think. So they probably played risk and reward and they're like, if we hit on Trask, beautiful. But if not, like, yeah, it sucks, but who would we have taken here anyway? Right? So they get their guy. And even though he might not be the guy, if he ends up being the guy, it's a win, mm -hmm. you know? So like with Kellen Mond, third round pick. Yeah. That's why like draft capital is like so important, especially for like, positional players like offensive positional players because teams are willing to to cut, wash their hands and be like ah, i didn't really work if they didn't invest that much guaranteed money into you so like yeah kelamon was third round but if they love somebody in this first round we've seen teams wash their hands with a top 12 pick right yeah. wasn't rosen was rosen top 12 yeah, haskins as well yeah they're, they're, yeah haskins like i just i just think so it's not i just think that like it sets you back because it's just like okay like you could have gotten oh, yeah, I don't know it it's just like but, but what, essentially where I was going was those quarterbacks were people that I mean I remember people at the beginning of the year were saying that like after this year Kellen Mond would take over for Cousins that was way before that was you know right after the draft because they were saying oh yeah, okay. some people still love his talent yeah but there's nothing really to look at there is basically what I was saying but yeah I agree like you know there's there is a reason of just like a there is a risk and reward of taking a quarterback where they you know where those guys were taken it's just I, i'm a big believer in okay you have assets you know use them don't just don't especially especially when you know look at look at uh chris fieldman and uh mike zimmer right now you know where they're at mm -hmm. Not they're, they're yeah exactly you know so you i'm hearing jim harbaugh might end up being announced soon yeah i, I don't know how to feel about that but uh, but if he does, I think that's good for Kirk, but go ahead. But I, I agree, actually. He, Harbaugh, say what you want about Harbaugh, but he does do well with... Uh, he, he does have success, the Harbaugh's, with his, with their quarterbacks. But I was about to say, yeah, he'll take a mediocre quarterback and, and work the system well. You give him talented receiver on the outside. Maybe he has another one. You get very talented running back. He could scheme something up. Mm -hmm. Athletic um, tight ends. Mm -hmm. Irv Smith. I think he can yeah. do a lot with that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, who's the next? I, oh yeah, it was Fields. I was gonna say who's the next quarterback to go after Lance? Yeah, and it was Fields. Fields. Um, I was really high on Fields, 
because of his playmaking ability and the fact that I thought he had great tape and he had a great arm. His accuracy was pretty good. I just don't think his situation is very similar to Trevor's in Bay offense was mm-hmm. the one of the, 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 the I saw there would be plays that I'd see where like there was a play that the Jaguars ran and they had I think three split out to the left and then two split out to the right basically empty formation and all five receivers ran a slant all, all five just <laughs> crashed into the middle of the field and I oh. think Lawrence hit uh Trubisky or not Trubisky Jesus uh LaVisca and um it was just it worked out but it was just like what was the plan if Lawrence his first read wasn't there the entire like they were just all going to run into each other there was going to be no nobody was going to get open and I the same thing would happen with fields in the terms of everybody was running a 10 yard curl everybody would run a 10 yard curl against you know press man coverage and everybody knew what was coming and he just looked at when the ball should be out and every receiver's blanket in and just like what do you, what do you what are you doing with this you know this offense what is the play call here and i don't know i think him and fields and lawrence and wilson all were just drafted into bad situations i think which makes sense they were at the top of the draft for yeah. a reason but but Fields and Lawrence in particular, their offense did not run. There was no scheme. There was no game plan week in and week out. It was just, we're going to go out there and have some fun. Now, I so my, go ahead. My take is, for a guy like Fields, you, you know what his weapons are coming into the year. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's a Lamar Jackson type, but until you could scheme up an offense use some of his strengths to help him out in his in his early games especially if you want to to keep that confidence i watched him against tampa get beat up trying to be a pocket passer right i think fields he has legs fields fields he has fields does have legs but i mean fields has a pretty good pocket passer i mean he he oh no he's not horrible i'm just saying like yeah he was when things are breaking down i feel like they were forcing it every play like okay oh, okay i got you. trust me we understand you're in the pocket getting squeezed and you have nowhere to go but we're not gonna use your legs to threaten the defense gotcha i'm not saying yeah. turn him into like lamar and just have him running 25 times a game like they had him pretty much doing in his rookie year where he literally wasn't throwing i mean use his use his yeah, strengths like look at cam his rookie year yeah. cam his rookie year set the league on fire and nobody was like oh he's just a runner he threw dimes too, but mm-hmm. defenses had to worry about his legs. When he played for Nagy, he didn't scheme anything like that. No. And when you have a wide receiver of Allen Robinson's talent, and Wasted. you can't scheme, yeah, you can't scheme away for Fields to get him the ball, or scheme away for him to get a quick open, get open five yards downfield, and just have quick completions for Fields to like build that confidence. You keep trying to do these trickery moves and show how t- talented you are on offense and how smart you could. In the end, what does it get you? Yeah, <laughs> like a five-pick game against the Bucks or yeah, whatever it is. Exactly. You need to keep your rookie's confidence up and scheme something think, that works with his play style. I think all three, like Lawrence, uh, Fields, and Wilson, they all had like multiple, or at least they all had like four-pick games. Like it was just like they oh, yeah. just got. There were games where it was just like even Davis Mills, who is somebody I kind of want to talk about because 
I feel like he was yeah, yeah he was there, probably yeah. the second best quarterback this year in terms of production. Which but, is wild because yeah. I was roasting. <laughs> I was roasting so hard when he got replaced by Tyrod after having like 20 passing yards in the first yeah. half. But he came on that second half of the year, well, the end of the year, man, like kind of crazy. Yeah, but, but the last thing I was going to say about Fields was um, he led the league in uh, air yards per completion, essentially being like, you know, for his average... Donald Mooney helps with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like his average, his average completion was the furthest downfield of any quarterback. Now, he definitely had lower, less pass attempts, less completions, but... You know he's very capable of throwing the ball downfield. I mean, you saw that you you saw the Clemson game. He was beating Clemson downfield yeah. easily. You know he has the talent to do that against you know a good teams for when he's playing. Like Clemson was a good team when they were there. It's just that he didn't. Oh, yeah, he, sure. They did not. It, it, maybe it's like a Tebow thing where it's like they don't trust him to throw the ball downfield, and so that's why they didn't do it. But I mean, again, Matt Nagy doesn't have a job anymore. You know so. I mean, even in Andy well. Dalton games where we know Andy Dalton could throw the ball fairly well, he's not great anymore, but he had a decent career out there. And since he, I still saw questionable plays on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, I saw somebody who was more vet savvy making plays, but again, you would still question some of the usages and how they were how they were utilizing their players out there in Chicago. And it wasn't just the this year thing. Mm-hmm. Like even with Trubisky, people questioned like, we feel like you guys are forcing something on Trubisky that's clearly not working as well. Obviously, the talent isn't the same. I think Justin Fields is more talented, talented than Mitchell Trubisky. But you see Trubisky in cleanup for the Bills, and he looks decent. Mm-hmm. So, like, again, play to your guy's strengths. I know that might not always be easy for a coach because they want to fit a guy into their scheme rather than fit their scheme around a guy. But yeah, look, look where you ended up. Like, that's all I have to say about that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, I guess, what the future holds with his new coach, which unfortunately he didn't get a guy that was offensively minded. Um, he got a more defensive minded coach joining as the new head coach of the of the Everfluss, uh, bit, yeah, of the Bears. Yeah, he's he's a like a 50 year old like defensive guy. But yeah, maybe that means they'll they'll clean up the offense and make it just real easy reads. And then we'll see what he has at that point. Maybe they'll invest in the offensive line. Um, they're definitely wasting the Khalil Mack trade. I don't know what they plan to do with that at this point because they're practically in a rebuild now. Yeah. I don't think Allen Robinson comes back. Which that because Robert um, Quinn had a good year too. Like Robert Quinn quietly yeah. was very, very, very good. Um, he was very, very good as well. But you're, I think you're going to go into next year with Darnell Mooney being your one. Which um, is maybe a, bad, a rookie receiver which is being a, your second. Darnell Mooney being your one is, you know, I. I think he's talented. I, don't get me wrong. I think he's talented, but I think he's too young still and a little bit too raw to be the guy that you put everything on his shoulders. Now, I, I feel like them having five tight ends, they should slim that down, get more Cole Komet and maybe one veteran tight end in there, and then you're going to have to invest in receivers because if I'm Allen Robinson, I want no parts of Chicago I next think, year. I think, if um, he's smart, he comes back t- home to the Jags I think, uh, to be a safety blanket for Trevor. But <laughs> I can see uh, Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson reuniting with uh, yeah. Fields. But I think Olave would be a good pick for them because him and Fields had great chemistry. But uh, 100%. the other thing with uh, that you said earlier, uh, uh, I'm, it's, it's slipping me, dang it. But uh, 
What part? What part? What part? Uh, is it, His coaching? Uh, no, it was. Uh, oh, uh, Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney. Uh, I, I don't like Darnell Mooney, but you know. It's, really? Well, you know, with fantasy, I have my biases on. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally, Darnell it's Mooney. Still, it's still a sensitive. It's still a sensitive. Yeah. My bad. It's okay. Oh man, we should close out the league in one of these soon, cause oh man. Yeah. There were some storylines, but. Well, I was yeah. There there are some storylines. I, I if we do it, I will definitely not spoil it, but I will definitely bring up yeah. my my uh what is it i guess like file my stat correction you know or complaint that you know needs to be revisited Bro. but um Bro. that could be like a debate <laughs> it could be like a debate style pod episode where it's just like we all I talk like that. but um but yeah and i guess the next quarterback which is the golden boy of this class i say that kind of jokingly ironically, yeah, ironically sarcastically. was uh, mac jones who <laughs> mac jones I, i'm I, before i say anything even though i kind of already said i like ironically mac jones had a very good rookie season and i think he played probably the best rookie season mac jones could have played he did everything he was asked to do he was very disciplined with the ball he did everything that a bill belichick offense often a quarterback needs to do to win games now that being said i don't think he really did anything crazy that you know and I, I brought it up before i think if you put justin fields uh zach wilson even trey lance trevor lawrence any of them on that patriots team the patriots do not the, same the patriots don't skip a beat and i think even like in terms of games where it's close they have a quarterback that can actually will them to victory instead of just ah like well it's tight we gotta hope our run game we gotta hope everything else flows smoothly because like like the, my favorite stat is the Patriots defense this year in their 17 games in the regular season six times they held their opponents to 10 points or less that's like that's that's just great job by Mac Jones being drafted to a team with a phenomenal defense hold on, hold on, hold on. So, so hold up hold up hold up so I am one of the people who subscribed to Mac Jones wasn't that talented but one thing I will say I will give him credit for is he did show a level of maturity and a willing to take on that teaching from Bill Belichick mm-hmm. because a guy can still come in and make those mistakes even being in that system. We saw Cam, I know he was washed, but we saw Cam go in that system and c- cause losses mm-hmm. instead of keeping it even keel. What he did was he stayed humble and kind of took the coaching from Bill and didn't really step out of what the zone was for him. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, even me being and a Trevor that's fan. A, that's the Saban coaching. Being coached by Saban is what helped yeah. him with that, too. For sure. I feel like Trevor, unfortunately, it. would still... There would still be a couple passes where he's like, nah, I'm Trevor. And he'll, he would try to do a little bit Superman, too much. Yeah. And you talk about us not having weapons to do what he did with the weapons he had in New England as well, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You had Hunter Henry, John o. Smith was a bust. Smith, yep. I love Kendrick Bourne, but he wasn't playing over 50% of the snaps for most of the year. Um, Nelson Aguilar got paid like a number one receiver. Don't know why. Yeah, um, Jacoby Myers. And Keel Harry's been a bust. Jacoby Myers, very fun safety blanket, cool story. Scored one touchdown on the year. Yeah. So we, we're giving a rookie quarterback literally a tandem of running backs in the backfield, and that's yeah. it. So, like... For them to make it to the playoffs, I still have to like tip my hat because outside of that and Hunter Henry, you still had to go out there, make completions, stay within your skis, listen to your coach. I, I so like I agree, mm. but there's also just like, like, it's very essentially his role in order to 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 will them to victory was don't screw up, don't 
Yeah, don't fuck up. Don't <laughs> do it if you don't think you could do this, or if you're if yeah, you're questioning whether you should do this, don't do it. Like that is that is the New England way. Facts. Because facts. I mean, the other thing was is like everybody's yeah like Cam came there and it didn't work, but I mean their defense like what five of their starters sat out during the COVID year. They all, the same stat six times they held their. Yeah, but teams. I'm talking he got beaten he got beaten training camp this year. That's true. That, that is true. Th- that has nothing to do with the defensive sitting out. Like when you saw tape of them side by side doing the same drills, you can yeah, see you it was see it was gearing towards was, something. I agree. That is true. Yeah. But I'm just saying that Cam Newton's time in uh, New England was they, he went to what seven and nine, but that defense yeah, was it not got ravaged the same. with COVID. The, the defense was not, not the same. The same. Defense but Mac Jones, he got COVID, missed a bunch of weeks. But like you said, like yeah. Mac Jones, we kind of both said. You know, he doesn't the most talented, but he's definitely the most mature. And out of all the quarterbacks, he probably came in with the most polished mechanics in, you know, one of the higher IQs of any of the quarterbacks. And in terms of the reading the game, hate. yeah, and the most hate. I mean, I nobody, I, I hated him. nobody respected him. No, I didn't hate him. From from me, I play a lot of dynasty football, um, and in rookie drafts, I didn't have many second round picks, but. In Superflex, the quarterback position is heavily weighted. So in a class where most guys are getting taken to be starters in their jobs, those guys usually get drafted top 10, top 12. Yeah. Mac Jones was slipping into like the back, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the mid part of the second round, which is egregious for any quarterback that's going to be starting, even if you don't believe in the talent. Yep. But Mac Jones has shown some ability. Yeah. So it was kind of like pretty much anybody who drafted him in dynasty got a steal last year because i feel like he solidified himself at least for the next four to five years for them to develop around him because he's shown the ability to be coached um he has decent enough mechanics and even in some spots he made some decent throws Mm -hmm. he made some decent throws and he was safe with the ball i mean i think he was definitely the best quarterback and he proved me wrong 100 percent but I yeah. like I, I remember you know that guy on the internet that the, the, the king of the internet that you know runs that bar runs bar school. I think he came up with a list on Twitter. Portnoy? Uh, yeah, Dave Portnoy. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. And he uh, that's a little bit that's mad egregious because he, he ranked him th- third. Yeah, he had um, I think Joe Burrow and Josh Allen one and two, um, then Mac Jones three, then Mahomes four, then Patty and it's Mahomes. just like yeah. He had to, he definitely did that for clips. That's for clips. Yeah, no, 100%. That's for clips. He's, he's, yeah, that's he's, for clips. You know, he's, he's, he's very good at marketing and getting clicks, and that's yeah. how business works. But just like, but like, there's other people that are, you know, actual analysts or actual, you know, actually look at the stats and look at everything that's going on. And it's just like, do you really think Mac Jones is impressive? Like, if, if everything were to break down, you think it would be, he would just, if he, if, he didn't have any weapons on offense with his receivers, but he had the what the Patriots gave up the third least amount of sacks, and they had a top ten rushing yeah. game. Like he built off that play yeah. action. It's like with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. You know, even though he gets his his crap. I mean, he's definitely enjoy him in Pittsburgh next year. Yeah, but that's where he's gonna land. That would be that would be interesting to see. But I think that's not that's definitely an upgrade for the for the Steelers. But yeah, you know that play action and that you know having to worry about the run game really opens up that passing game even if you don't have weapons but i digress i think mac jones definitely had the best rookie season of all the quarterbacks and he looks pretty promising because in the, he's basically set up to succeed with the, the coaching i'll give the you defense. the segue of dreams here mm-hmm. 
if you drop him in the situation that Davis Mills was in, there is no way he has two or three nope. games like Davis Mills did. If, if I will throw that out there. If Mac Jones was dropped into Davis Mills' situation, Mac Jones would probably have one more year. He'd probably be like, you give him some time this year, and then he would probably bust out, and they'd just be like, we cannot have this guy. Because Davis, fun fact about Davis Mills, Davis Mills... Uh, I have to do some. I think it was like what 2017. I think it was the 20 in the class of 2017, maybe in the class of 2016, probably 2017, was the number one quarterback in the class coming out of high school. He went to Stanford. Yeah, right? and he went to Stanford. He didn't, to Stanford yeah. didn't really do much. Uh, he didn't light it up. Didn't, at all. Wasn't crazy. <laughs> kind of was a bu- was a college bust. I would say he didn't. He as the number one quarterback. You know, you're kind of supposed to be a, a beast and a phenom. But pretty sure he lost to UCF too at in Orlando. Yeah, and I, yes. I think he lost his starting job to like uh, what's that guy's name? Kevin Hogan maybe. But you know, ended up getting drafted in the third round. And as a, somebody from Houston, I didn't watch any Texans game. I re- I refuse to watch because what that organization is doing is uh, uh, criminal. You, you were a Texas. You were a Texans fan. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, I still am. I mean, we kind of joke about the you transfer. Yeah, the transferring of the fan <laughs> case. Yeah, that, that was a, that yeah. was pretty funny, <laughs> but. You know, you look at the. I don't. I don't watch the Texans games because I just what that organization is doing with how they're running it is criminal, and just I'm not gonna. You know, I'm just not gonna watch. Like I refuse. Yeah. But Davis Mills was pretty good, and I think I set that comparison with him, that player A, player B, blind comparison with him and uh, a Mac Jones, and I think the difference was in yards per game was. I think it was Mac Jones averaged like 223 yards per game in his starts. Davis Mills averaged 228. Both of them. What's wild is he has an outlier in there for like 45 or some crap like that. Which I mean, I guess Mac Jones has an outlier too with the Blizzard game. Exactly. And that's that's why I kind of took the starts and took those. And that's why I included starts specifically because both of those games were starts. And they both really screwed up because what Mac Jones had what like 18 yards passing in that blizzard game or whatever something really yeah. bad and then but in, davis mills got pulled at halftime yeah with his like 40 something exactly but it was just like they had the same number of yards per game they had like virtually the same completion percentage maybe not completion percentage but they had the same touchdown interception ratio you know it's just like you compare it and it's just like wow these two quarterbacks are virtually equal in terms of you know production last year and then you look at the team around them and you're just like okay davis mills wasn't that bad. Davis Mills was definitely the second best and the second most productive quarterback in the rookie class. And as people from my Texans friends that still care about that organization at the moment before Jack Easterby, you know, I don't care when Jack Easterby gets, you know, fired, but... Canned, yeah. Yeah, but uh, they're saying, we need to draft a quarterback. Like, we need to take Pickett. And it's like, why? Like, oh, I hate Pickett. Yeah, it's like the quarterbacks <laughs> this year, if we thought the quarterbacks lot, like last year's class were going to be good, the quarterbacks this year are a lot worse. And watch, we're going to be... Yeah, I'm going to be wrong, and every quarterback in this year's class is going to be Tom It's going to light it on Tom fire. Brady, it's going to be 4,000 yards out the gate. Yeah, just going to be insane, <laughs> and it's not going to make any sense. But, like, no. like Dave, We got Davis Mills in the third round with our first draft pick in the draft because, once again, the organization ran so horribly, you know. Mm-hmm. Got him third round, third pick, and he had the second best production. Why not? He's on such a cheap contract. Why not write it out on his rookie contract? Maybe try to develop around him. Try to give him pieces. Try to give him a defense, a head coach, 
any chance of just like show signs of life and not just oh we're gonna tank until we are rebuilding but we're not really rebuilding because we have a clown running the team in e3 so i'm gonna so i'm gonna give you a give you a little scenario here right mm -hmm. i play dynasty so mm -hmm. davis mills is i don't know how cheap he is to acquire right now because i haven't tried to acquire him but pre-draft, I feel like this would be the, the kind of window where you look at mocks and Texans might be mocked to take a quarterback. If you were playing Dynasty, what is the most, like, would you give up, like, I don't know, Kirk Cousins for a Davis Mills? Um, this is for fantasy? Because I feel this like somebody would accept this. Yeah, this is for fantasy. Right no. or I'll I'll do it I'll do it like a franchise style. It's a super flex league. It's dynasty. Mm -hmm. You have Davis Mills. Somebody offers you a middle second round pick. Right back there, you could probably get a pretty solid positional player. Yeah, probably like a Kenneth Walker or um, Brees Hall. I don't know. Yeah, well, he Maybe. probably first depending where he lands. Yeah, uh, you probably get like a Olave in the second round. Mm -hmm. Would you prefer an Olave on your dynasty team or a Davis Mills? I mean, I, so would, I would need to know. Well, yeah, it was super flex. Uh, uh, it's all because it's dynasty. If it's dynasty, it's going to be super flex. The problem with both Alave and uh, Davis Mills is Davis Mills. We don't know. Like the Texans are so erratic, and we don't know what they're going to do. Exactly. They, they might, they might trade to the Dolphins and get Tua, and then you know, bye bye Davis Mills. So I would probably go with the security of you know taking a guy that's going to be a rookie, but. And, and, and when you said with Kirk Cousins, like, you take Kirk Cousins. He's got Justin Jefferson. Like, you know, Davis Mills has Brandon But Coates, I pose but... you that question because, like, if I tell you the same about, like, a Trevor Lawrence or a Trey Lance mm -hmm. or a Justin Fields or a Zach Wilson. I think, I think all those. Because of how much draft capital invested. Yeah. You could have more faith in, even though they haven't produced yet, they have more time. Have, Davis Mills have... was playing for a team that wasn't playing for anything. Yeah, they, and so he produced well, but. perfect with what you said. Like, like Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, like, even though we haven't seen Lance, like, they're all going to have two, maybe even three years of they're going to get the time because, you know, there's so much invested in them and, you know. That's just how exactly. So, Unless they go to the strip club in the middle of a pandemic, yeah, like, they won't get waved by their team. Yeah, exactly. Unless they're <laughs> so, like, dumb like Haskins, like yeah, they're gonna have their chance. So it's just interesting that I would definitely take, keep, hold those three, the three, you know, a Fields, uh, Wilson, and Trevor, and even Lance. I forgot to throw him in there. But yeah, for a dynasty standpoint, I, I don't know what to do with Mills because that organization yeah, is, exactly. they still have Deshaun. And I think if he does get traded, which he probably will, because some organization is going to take him, even though I think he's never going to play in the league again. Or, I think he will. I, I just don't know. Um, like, I, I, Here's my take, and it's going to sound really bad, but this is how it's worked out for pretty much every player. Unless there's a video that is too irreversibly bad on image, he will play again. People are visual, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I mean, I, you look at Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Everybody was so upset and up in arms. And then they saw the kick and the kick was like a slight brush attempt at the kick. Mm -hmm. And then you look at like Ray Rice and you see that video I, and it's jarring. Yeah. And he knocked his wife out and he pulled her out the elevator. Yeah. He never saw the football field again. And I think like, right? I think like what was crazy was like Kareem Hunt did that to like somebody he didn't know. Like, you know, and this incident was caught on tape. And what Ray Rice did was just unspeakable and he's a monster for what he did 
but I think like yeah. him and his wife made up and they kind of just were like yeah like that was yeah, crazy they're still together yeah. now and they're like going around and talking about stuff yeah I think like they he's found a different career after football they I like guess. talk and they had like a they, they like donated a bunch of money to like domestic abuse and just like or yeah. not to domestic abuse to domestic abuse charities and things like that but it's just like <laughs> It's just like, like, let me clarify. Yeah. <laughs> let me clarify. You weren't out here funding domestic yeah, abuse just projects. Like, yeah, maybe that's why Ray Rice, like, Ray Rice was came out of that. It was just like, I am pro, you know, domestic abuse. Yeah, oh, that my would, God. That would be a, I'm clipping that. Yeah. I'm clipping that. I'm clipping you <laughs> saying what you just said. Yeah, but, like, just like, <laughs> he got, like, he got, um, he got, you know, like oh. he just was done from the leagues so it's just crazy because yeah. yeah i don't know like i don't think like i think ray rice i mean like greg hardy like nearly killed some woman and he's in the league it's just like no it's video. so weird how the nfl works yeah, he was in the league yeah, it's, just, no it's video. so crazy how it works like i don't know i don't think deshaun watson's playing the league i think he with what i'm hearing and everything that's like 20 victims don't come out and say this happened and it's just like a coordinated attack like if, it, if it's 20 people coming out and saying it it's probably true like the thing is people are always going to go back to he was there he was committed but as soon as he said he wasn't that's when all of these started arising when he wanted to get out of there that's when all the like you know all the stuff kind of came down people are always going to lean back to that and with there being no video they're going to read texts people are going to say that could be fabricated mm -hmm. a lot of people only care if they could see it on video yep. and be like there's wow, no there's no damning that is there's no yeah. damning evidence and i agree and that's why i think like the courts uh, we're getting into like politics now with like the, the oh, yeah, 100%, want, but... courts want to like access his dms and he's like trying to delete them so it's just like I but like yeah it's bad yeah. it's a bad setup and i feel like he is guilty just based on just how he has to move with certain things and the fact that this is still in the courts and there's proof and now there's getting certain access to certain things that show him trying to like pay people off so i feel like he is guilty but again it's not what i feel like it's not what you feel like it's about public percep public perception and how the nfl can sell it yeah and and if he ends up on another team and starts balling again that fan base is probably gonna welcome him with open arms and it's crappy but it's the life of being talented at a sport right yeah. so like it is what it is and, and i think he will get that shot uh yeah and on uh, on on this episode of uh, the Kick and Post, uh, Judge Kick and Post, uh, we've you know we've gone over the the Sean Watson case and the Ray Rice also the Ray Rice the Ray case Rice funding abuse the Kareem Hunt yeah, case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I think we pretty much talked about all the quarterbacks. I mean, there's Trask, but I mean he's been on the practice squad. But you know, I think. Do you think he starts next year if Tom Brady retires? I want your opinion on that real quick. My biased opinion, I want him to start. I think it would make sense to help uh, the Buccaneers with their cap, especially because they, again, invested in a second-round pick for Trask. Um, yeah. I don't know. It really depends. Uh, we're still very, we're still in the season, technically, 2021-22, you know, Super Bowl. But, you know, we got a whole offseason. I think give him a shot, the NFC you know what is the NFC South is very weak and it's going to be very weak for years to come. It's going to be the NFC least now. Uh, we got to find. Yeah, they're they're horrible. Yeah, they're going to be bad. It's going to be so bad down there. No Sean Payton. Yeah, but no TV. Which I hope TV comes back for one year for my selfish reasons. I have a <laughs> dynasty team. I'm trying to sell them on still, but I'm stuck holding the bag unfortunately. But I would love to see just one more year of him. You know. Yeah. I mean, he, there's nothing more he could really accomplish. So I understand him stepping away. 
um the cards are stacked against him he'll probably win the division just based on how beat up it is but yeah past that the team you're not gonna bring back the same team you brought back this year no it's it's only yeah, gonna be less talented yeah. a lot of these guys are gonna leave exactly because i mean money bro you can't ask people to take pay cuts for two straight years nope. especially you look at like chris godwin's situation i mean he, uh, godwin's probably not he played playing. on the tag to help out the team and now look yeah, he's probably he's not gonna get a bag this offseason because he tore his acl he's probably not, yeah even if he did he's probably not playing next year either for at least help nah. like pickens and for georgia and just come in at the end but I mean, exactly. I want Trask. I, I, I love Trask. His story is pretty inspiring for just like, especially during the transfer portal era, him sticking with, you know, my alma mater, UF. And I also I also met him. I've actually played FIFA with him. Uh, I think I brought, yeah. I brought, yeah, I brought this up on the other podcast. Uh, his gamer tag was like, a Trask oh, yeah. 11. Yeah, I remember and, that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you smoked him? I no, um, I was I was playing around and um, I was on like a seven or eight game win streak and I was like rotating teams like after a few games and I tried out United, uh, and oh. I, yeah, I, I forget, it was like oh. FIFA 18, but uh, I don't know, there was something, he was playing Real Madrid, he went up like 3-1, I made it 3-2, and then he parked the bus, which, the one thing about contrast <laughs> I negatively gotta say is he parked the bus, but. He parks the bus, but, hey, you can't do that at FIFA, that's not cool. But yeah, on, he beat me with Real Madrid, he's really good at FIFA, I mean, I was pretty good at FIFA at the time, but yeah, he won fair and square, but I hope, I hope he does well, I really do. But I hope he starts. It would be but... cool to see him get that opportunity. But, but we'll you know, see. like I said, they have nothing really to play for, so might as well see what you have in them. I was one of the people co-signing that they go out and get, like, a veteran. But the more I thought about it, they're not going to be able to keep that team together anyway. So might as well start from scratch. If I'm Mike Evans, get me out of there, too, because he's past the point of rebuilds. But, I, you know, I digress on that front. Yeah. Before I let you go, though, who do you think? I know we're two weeks out. It just got set last night. Bengals, Rams, in SoFi Stadium, second year in a row, team that yeah. is from the stadium gets to play at home. Yeah, it's crazy. How do you see this playing out? It's crazy that it's back to back too. Um, yeah, I really like. I like. I've been a Joe Burrow fan since he was at Ohio State. Uh, me and my mom. My mom really like. My mom fixates on some Ohio State players, and she really liked Joe Burrow. And so I kind of started really liking him, even though he's a backup. But. Yeah. I really want the Bengals to win. I like the Bengals team. I think it's crazy how the turn they turned it around in what two years after being yeah. terrible, four and eleven or yeah. something like that, straight to the Super Bowl after two years. Yeah, but I just like that Rams team pretty much sold their soul. You know, sold all their draft capital, sold everything. Dude, they sold to... everything. The the next time they'll be able to draft, I'm gonna be like 45. Yeah, for real. They're, they won't the, have a first round the, pick until then. The opposite of the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, the Thunder are just like hoarding draft, draft capital, and the the Rams are like sell. Like, yeah, we'll give you we'll give you our two first round picks the next year for a you know a Pro Bowl like linebacker you know just whatever they exactly. do exactly I, I feel like the thunder are trying to be the first team in the nba era to have the first top 10 picks to themselves yeah <laughs> like yeah. that's the aim yeah but the rams are like we're gonna be the first team everywhere the first pick we have is the seventh round exactly <laughs> like sell it but i mean I wanna, so you're saying because they sold their soul i want to i'm gonna be i'm you know how bad of uh we are just our whole group is at calling things and just like just betting on things so <laughs> i'm going to I'm, I'm going I'm to jinx and curse the rams and say the rams are gonna win it but hoping that joe shy joe Brrr, i was about you know. to say 
Joe Burr, <laughs> Joe Shiesty. Like, I, bro, yeah. I can't like I want to I want to spite the Rams. I just love the energy coming off of Joe right now, like the the swagger, oh, the yeah. fact that he went out, called his shot, said, "Yo, get me my boy Chase. I don't need a penne." Cartier, oh, Cartier I glasses. I won't right. even Pikachu. You know that caption. Really, just right? It's just elite. He, but yeah, he's just feeling himself, and he got two elite wide receivers on the outside to help in his like quest of tearing this defense apart and if he could if he could stay on his feet just long enough mm -hmm. in this game just long enough yeah Aaron i feel like they have a shot Aaron Donald and Von Miller. i feel like Scary. they have a shot but yeah we were talking smack about the line on the last the last episode that we did it was chris and and otto we talked about previews mm -hmm. and chris kept saying even with all of that he still thinks Joe will be able to make enough plays. And me and I were like, we don't know. Yeah. Like, that line's going to get to him. Well, the Titans, the reason they beat the Titans is because Tannehill turned the ball over three times. We don't see Mahomes doing that, and they still found a way. So, like, right now, I'm, like, believing. I'm like, bro, I they mean, can sack him 15 times. Their defense, I don't care. Their defense has been <laughs> phenomenal. I mean, they run, like, they have, like, I was, I, I probably said Hubbard and Hendrickson, you know, to you guys, like, yeah. probably, like, three or four times in the second half because they were both playing insane. Like, they have a good two good edge rushers in their 4-3 or their 4-2 at the nickel and then they have dj reader who was a texan and was a really good texan at he's he, he's a vince wolf work essentially he's as that he's that role yeah. he plugs the hole in the runs and he stopped henry he's the reason why like henry wasn't explosive but you know he he pretty much like so henry wasn't 100 but he was still like no. disrupting henry's running and just you know their defense was incredible but yeah i mean i'm hoping i'm really rooting for the Bengals, but yeah um, so you you want a Bengals win, but you're cursing the Rams. Yeah, cursing the Rams. I, I'm got gonna go with tape. the Rams. Yep. Yeah. Got it on tape. All I'll have to say is Eli Apple is starting to forget Ohio why State he's legend. been on like 17 teams. Ohio State he legend. He need to chill out. He's uh, talking smack about smoking on that Chiefs pack <laughs> and blah blah blah. Hey, Eli. He he, he had a 3,000 IQ play. Uh, the first half, you know, he had that pass interference in the end zone where spotted yes. the ball at the one and then the chiefs ran those two plays didn't get it and then they didn't score that was think yeah. about it that was the difference if they just take the that points was the difference three three thousand iq play yeah it is Ohio so sometimes you have to commit the penalty yep. <laughs> to save the team i'm sorry i think cup is gonna cook no oh, yeah I, I, but i believe i believe chase and higgins are gonna have it, has there ever been tandem 100-yard receivers in, in the Super Bowl um, on the same team? I have no idea. I would have to look that up. I don't I'm going to have to check that out. But I think I might put like a little prop bet that they both get over 100 yards let, and, uh, the, and the Bengals win. You know, it's like let him cook, but, you know, his last name's Cup. Let him quench. You know, let him quench that, yeah. <laughs> that, that thirst <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Trademarking no. that. I'll, I'll send it. Oh, the... you, you might need to trademark yeah. it. And figure it out. Figure it out. You, you can write it up, but... Yeah, man, it's been a good one. I will say it's been a good one. I know you got stuff you need to get to. Yep. It's always fun having you on the podcast. No, it's always... We will get back on here to talk some of the... When all this coaching stuff settles down, we'll talk that. And, of course, draft season is going to come around soon. Oh, I've already started. After the Super Bowl. I've already started my, I know my, you've been, my scouting. You've been scouting and stuff, so we'll get into all of that for sure. But thanks again. Thanks again. Yeah, always a pleasure, man. Uh, have me on any time. 100%. Um... And before, do you have any Pro Bowl picks? <laughs> Pro Bowl picks? Like anybody watches the Pro Bowl. Uh, I was about to say, I was like, I, I was, you're like, uh, I was wait like, a second, do I take this question selected. seriously? Yeah, I was like, I was like, the Pro Bowl's been selected. No, I meant like, who's gonna win? But nobody cares yeah, who's no, gonna win yeah. anyway. Yeah, I haven't watched yeah, the Pro Bowl whatever. in like 20 years. 
hey, Mac Jones is a, is a, is made it as a rookie, so you know, ah, there yeah. you go. another feather in the hat for Mac Jones. <laughs> I'll be back, hopefully next year around this time to talk about Trevor leading us to the promised land, going from two to two and fifteen or two and six. Was it two and fifteen or two and sixteen? Yeah, something straight like to that. the Super Bowl, man. After we draft Evan O'Neill, and that's all we need. Yep. <laughs> right. Yep. Anyway, thanks again. Um, I ain't gonna steal Otto's outro, but yeah, I'm gonna steal it. All right, y'all boys, we'll catch y'all later. <laughs> Peace.